Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Before we dive into this incredible episode, I want to share with you all a quick blurb about something I've been loving lately, Sakara. This meal delivery service is no joke. They provide chef-crafted vegan meals backed by cutting-edge nutrition and made with A-plus ingredients. At first, I was a massive skeptic. I mean, there's no way I would like a meal delivered to me better than something I make on my own, and hell to the no am I going to feel satisfied after a vegan entree. Then I tried the meals and I quickly realized how wrong I was. They're shockingly delicious and extremely convenient. Don't even get me started about the breakfast. I am absolutely obsessed with them. After all of the meals, I'm left feeling full and I'm ready to tackle my day and never have that post-lunch slump. To help make it a bit more affordable, I'm providing you all with a discount code for 20% off all of the meal plans. Enter XO Cameron, that's X-O-C-A-M-E-R-O-N at checkout and enjoy. Uh, she's about to take a shot. Here you go, Mom. If you, yeah. well, you know, I'm you a little nervous? nervous. I'm a little nervous, and I found this little day drinking vial, flask that what I, is in there that I had oh. given to you to distribute to the bridesmaids. That's not true. You did not give it to me. At, you gave it to Lucy. I did, and I and I found them all boxed up and still in their original packaging. Because so if, I'm taking a little shot of tequila you, just to get prepared. That is the least Maddie thing that has ever existed. That I'm aware. So but it was the if most you me thought thing. It was ever getting distributed. Then you don't know your daughter. I'm well aware. And to see it in the original packaging. Well, you also put Lucy in charge expected. Of it. So that's knowing your two daughters. <laughs> Not that well. <laughs> Both of them. True. All right. Put your notes away. You don't need them. It's conversation. We do this all the time. Okay. I'm so excited because I am at Samsung 837 Studio in the Meatpacking with an incredibly special guest. My mom, Cindy Limville, say hello. Welcome yourself. Hello, everybody. I couldn't be happier <laughs> to be here. Okay, we cannot have the influencer Cindy voice. You okay, gotta just I'll be just normal. be myself. Be yourself. You know, the crowd loves you already. Thank you. People do love you on my Instagram. Thank a you lot. so much. So I am doing this because, A, I at one point want to have all family members on because I love you guys so much, but also because my birthday is coming up and this is going to be released the week of or after I haven't decided yet my birthday and really not only is it my birthday but it's a celebration of your accomplishment thank you because you really put in the hard work I just came out I did put in the hard work um so let's get started Cindy Linville everyone the legend diva fabulous woman how would you define success so I knew this was coming oh really um, yeah shocking shocking um and I guess obviously the first thing would be wealth but yeah. I realized that that was way too narrow because wealth you don't it doesn't define how you got it were you happy when you were getting it mm-hmm. do you manage it correctly so money is 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 not to me a, a, a definer of success or the definer of success yeah. um it's I started to, to think one. yeah I, I, I agree but I started to think like what is a bigger broader stroke a brush stroke of what is success and to me if I leave this world knowing that I have positively impacted people, mm-hmm. um, my friends, um, the institutions I work for, mm-hmm. if I have had a positive impact on them, that means that I've lived my life well. Mm-hmm. I've um, hopefully been kind, been compassionate. I've been a mentor. I've um, allowed them to um, be their best self. I've encouraged them to be their best self. I've held them accountable. Yeah. So if all of those things... Um, and I think if you do impact people, you're doing the work. Mm-hmm. So that's my definition. That's a great definition. Do you think you're doing that? 
Because I do. Yes. Um, and I can. Ha- I have some tangible yeah. evidence of it. Oh, okay. Like on Mother's Day, yeah. I get Happy Mother's Day wishes from, I can't even count how many people. Um, who aren't your children. Who aren't my children. Um, my nieces, obviously, but also friends of each one of my daughters, um, old babysitters, mm-hmm. old co-workers, um, a lot of friends of my best friends. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Children, a lot of children friends. of my best friends um and that's meaningful to me because it's not just happy mother's day it's like here's what you have here's how my life has changed because you've been in my world yeah and i will say i think anyone who's listening to this that knows you like in the real life not just through my instagram stories i will say that you are a huge giver and you 110 percent put other people's needs before yourself and it's always amazing to me. I've said this to you before, but like you could have a full day of important things in your life to do. And if someone called you and was like, I need you here for this reason, whether it was big, like something traumatic happened or very small and just like, I'm nervous, you would drop everything without a second thought and get there. Well, it's interesting because I do believe I, I am that person you're describing now. Um, I had a great role model um, mm-hmm. who provided that to me, Papa. as in your, your grandfather, Pop-Up. Um, he was a man that always put people ahead of himself, mm-hmm. and there's a long history of his life where he needed to, but then there was also a long part of his life where he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I was like that as a kid. Um, I think what changed me is children. Um, there is nothing more impactful than the joy and the love that you feel for your children. Yeah. And I think I was able to find that love and find a heart that became just bigger and bigger mm-hmm. and bigger and allowed me to um, feel not obviously the same way about other people than I do about my children, but always to be available. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I am a taskmaster, so well, if you give me a task, like I will get it done. get off on efficiency and tasks, like completing tasks. Um, I am absolutely a junkie for completing tasks. Yeah. I actually get a physical high. I, I am so aware. And I think while it's one of your great strengths, it's something that also we cause arguments over. Um, but I think that that inherently is one of the reasons, not the reason, but one of the reasons that so many people turn to you in times of need. I get it done. I, yeah, you I get, get shit things, done. I get shit done. I don't procrastinate. Um, it's not always pretty to watch it get done. <laughs> I'm, I'm very chaotic. Um, I do not think linearly. I don't act linearly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do get my shit done. You're an efficient mess, and yep. I mean that in the most affectionate way possible. When I when I had a corporate job, I can't even explain to you what my desk looked like. It was an embarrassment. It looked and and I have a, a very good friend, and I'll shout out to. Aziz at Casa Aziz oh in Princeton, <laughs> who always says to me <laughs> in his accent, he goes, you're a tornado when you enter a room, but you always leave a rainbow. <laughs> First of all, that's that was actually, not his accent. That's not his accent at all. At all. But that's actually so, so on point. It's so spot on. So spot on. And I had, I obviously didn't, never saw your corporate desk, but I had a visual look into the tornado of your Suburban. Yeah. Because the car that we grew up in was basically an extension of our house. Because we ate, I would say, 75% of our meals in the back of that car. And there was Tupperware, silverware, coffee mugs, a 
thousand plastic water bottles. It had a great smell to it. Too, oh my right? god! Do you know how bad? Remember how <laughs> actually bad that smelled when we were kids? Yeah. But I want to clarify: we were not living out of our car. Well, mom, people know we that we were. But this is. But we kind of like we, we were, were with three kids going because to different of sporting events because of athletics and all of the things that we. Our lives were uprooted yeah. by the teams that our three girls played on. And it was really a, I mean, every single weekend, every holiday. Every weekday. Um, every weekday, three practices. I mean, I had, practice, I had a practice or a game every day. But there is nothing that gives me more pride. Mm-hmm. I, there's nothing. And I don't know whether it's from my father who used to take me yeah. for wind sprints and time my my sprints and time my, see if I could throw the, the, the um Football. Softball oh. in order to pass the presidential <laughs> in order to pass the presidential fitness award <laughs> with a you? measuring tape. Yes, I could. Because now you can. Yes, I could. But there's nothing that gives me more pleasure than watching my girls in an athletic event. Now, that is sadly over <laughs> yeah. because you've grown up. I know. It's so really sad. It's really sad. But there are other things that delight me just as much. Um, what are those? Um being in your spaces, um, being with your um, your significant other, whether mm-hmm. it be your husband, which is you, you've got all fiance, three. boyfriend. Um, I love just I love being with your friends, mm-hmm. um, and I I I believe that the future will give me a grandchild. Oh, I know you. And want them. Um, I think that'll be just my <laughs> next level of complete and utter joy. You'll be a great grandmother. Thank you. But the time will come when the time comes. Yes, I totally agree. So you mentioned your corporate job, mm-hmm. and I eventually, you know, want to talk about our relationship and just being a mother yeah. and all of that. But I also want to give everyone a backstory of your life. So can you walk us through a little bit of your journey? Yeah, to I mean, becoming be, a mother, I guess. Um, yeah, I'll try. Like, and but be even brief. before corporate up, world, I grew up in a family of three girls. I was the middle daughter. It was an unbelievably loving, open. Um, transformative life. Um, my parents were phenomenal. My father was a physician who really was an angel and took care of everyone in our in our world mm-hmm. and in his world. Um, my mother worked very hard uh, volunteering. She was a great mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked. We were open. My sisters, we had one rule. And what the heck was that That's rule? My That's my sister. That's my sister. Sorry, sister. that rule? <laughs> and also her mother that we talk about is Nana, oh, who people Snooki. also yes. love. Yes. And who we yes. have recorded yes. a podcast episode with. Yeah. Papa has since passed. Otherwise, he would have been my first guest. Right. Now, what's interesting is we all three had very similar journeys. We all went to a public school that was the same public school. We all went off to the same college, Lafayette College. And then we started to do different things yeah. where our passions arose. But it was a real shock to me to learn as a mother, this was a big aha moment, that you actually parent children differently. But that's for, for a later thing. Because yeah. I, I just assumed we were all three of us were parented the same. Anyway, I went to Lafayette College. Um, but more importantly, prior to going to Lafayette, I met my current husband when I was 15, mm-hmm. walking down the halls hey, of Harriton High School in Rosemont, Pennsylvania. Why when, did you air um, quote high school? <laughs> you love air quotes. I love air quotes. But that's like you actually were in high school. It wasn't like not high school. I know. And although I had met him before, he was a new boy from Ohio. Okay. It was when I was in um, ninth grade and I had a current boyfriend for the first week of school that drove a really, really cool white car. And I thought he was really hot. 
and he was walking me uh, to class, and Judd came up right when I was standing right next to this guy and said, can I carry your books to your class? And, he and said, I looked screw at the this guy, guy. I'm taking and I Judd. looked at Judd, and my heart fluttered, and it hasn't stopped fluttering since. Oh, We've now been together cute? 46 years. Anyway. 46 years together. Since we were 15. Right. I'm okay, 61. Sorry. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, I went uh, to uh, business school. I went to Wharton and received my MBA, which was a pretty big deal at that time. Um, Lucy, she claimed it on the podcast, so now it's real. No, I actually have a diploma. I, my younger sister does not believe yeah. that my mom went to Wharton. Well, interesting. So, And then I went off to Wall Street. And one of the things that I think is a bit unsettling in my mind, I don't ever regret leaving Wall Street. I worked at Donaldson, mm-hmm. Lefkin & Jenrette, an incredibly dynamic um, investment banking firm. I worked 100-hour weeks. I was not giving to my family. I was mm-hmm. not giving to my friends. I had no time. I loved every single second of it. I had two children um, by the time I left. And um, how long? How many years were you there? I was there 13 years. And I think the, that was where transactions were. I think that's where I got my transaction euphoria. Well, yeah, it's like euphoria. me and feeling like I have to respond yeah. to everything immediately because that's how I was... I guess, like structured and formed in the role of sales and trading. If you didn't respond immediately, you missed a trade. Absolutely. And you were a task rabbit, Absolutely. I was a task rabbit. And I (laughs) loved it. I loved the environment. I loved the people. One of our corporate um, goals at the end of the um, annual report actually was have fun. Mm -hmm. So we did. We really had fun. It was the 80s. We were also... Wall Street in the 80s. Wall Street in the 80s. I I don't know whether I can even discuss this. Coke everywhere. Yep. Um, Working hard hours. Um, not having any idea what you were doing. The very first assignment I got when I got there, we're talking about mainframes. We did spreadsheets by hand. So if one... What team were you on? I was in the investment banking group. We were all generalists, but I did mostly um, leverage buyout work. Okay. Uh, One of the things that DLJ had was we were generalists. We were only 45 people Mm -hmm. when I started. Um, But it was... My first task was to build a um, cash flow statement and balance sheet for a small company that was in a very new industry, wholesale retailing, oh, called Costco. <laughs> and I went up to Tony James's office, who is um, probably one of the most brilliant men I've ever met and was head of Blackstone. Um, and he asked me to put together a model, and he gave me three comments. He said, uh, you'll open 10 warehouses a year, uh, sales growth will be X percent, cost of goods will be Y percent, go. And I went back to my office, and I had no, no idea what to idea. do. I had no fucking mm-hmm. idea what to do. But you figured it out, and mm-hmm. you stayed up all night, and you got it done. Yeah. Um, and I will tell you, I still have nightmares about Tony James. <laughs> but that's I don't think he's anyone that's ever going to listen to this podcast, so that's but totally let okay. me tell you, I, to have learned from such a brilliant man was um, – it's a blessing. I, 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 it's a blessing. Anyway, so I got out of um, Wait, when I, I the reason why I left. I'm going to need you to stop oh, banging your wrist. I'm the reason why I left DLJ, which um, pains me to mm-hmm. say in today's world, was I actually could not handle the career and being a mother. Um, but I don't think that's a crazy thing to say because your career was absurdly demanding. My career was absurdly demanding, and if and I I. I did rise to the level of senior vice president. I mean, I, I yeah. rode that curve really hard. And how many females would you say, other than, I know Jocelyn was there, but um, Jossie, who I just saw, there were probably four women who were associates when when I started. On a team of how many? 50. Okay. And there were maybe two women MDs. So very small percentage. Yeah. 
very small. Which um, they seem... And it was a very um, male-dominated yeah, it's a man's, um, world. man's world. Um, but honestly, I feel like they allowed us to play a role. I mean, I never felt, um, I never had a Me Too movement, I, a mo- yeah, moment. moment. I never felt um, less than. I felt part of the team. I really did. Which is so interesting because I would say in my years from 2013 to 2018, I can't confidently say I always felt the same way. There were certain men in my group who I fucking love and will always be there for me and will always support me and I feel a very deep and strong bond to and would murder someone on my behalf. But then there are definitely people who did not make me feel as included. It was very clear that I was a different sex. I didn't have – like there were plenty of comments, not – you know, but it's just interesting where you would think our roles would be opposite, but maybe it was because you guys were such a new thing. And maybe I'm seeing it. Yeah, in you, hindsight, I because agree. there were certainly discussions that were had. Absolutely. You're also a long but, ways out, and maybe in the time it didn't yeah. seem that crazy. And I also, I think I have a pretty big tolerance for um, man chatter and and banter. Yeah. I mean, I I I think I've got enough testosterone to. It's, I'm a very confident female. Yeah, I have tolerance for it. It's just that they fucking annoy me. Yeah. Because then I'm just like, you guys think you are the coolest thing in the world and you are not. But I also think sales and trading is a little bit different than investment banking. Okay. So you were there for 13 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was one of the questions that someone said. I asked for some questions from my audience. Um, People did ask about like what your job was because I love you so much. But I also feel like because dad has such a larger role now in the corporate space than like when you quit, you put your full effort and time into being a mother, yes. which is the hardest job yes. on this planet. And I feel like a lot of people just assume like, oh, yeah. Like it was always like, oh, what does your dad do? Right. And no one ever asked me like what you do because they knew you were a stay-at-home mom. But I think when people then find out that you had this whole different life to you, like, oh, she fucking went to Wharton. And then she was an investment banker on Wall Street in the 80s. Like does that bother you? So – your father gave me one of the best compliments ever last night. He said, you know, you've made me into the man I am. Well, you, that's, I was going to say, so you built the house. I built the house and Judd took it to the next level. Yeah. Um, the only, I will say from my, from, from my relationship with my husband, I know that staying home to be a full-time mother was the right choice. Mm-hmm. And we both agreed that was the right choice. Yeah. Um, so I have no regrets. The only thing that, speaking specifically to Lucy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it does. Um, I wish you could have known me as a, I don't say productive because I think I'm very productive now, but as a working mom. I wish you could have seen what yeah. that looked like. Um, and when we moved to Princeton, we didn't know anybody except mm-hmm. for my best friend, Judy King, and she didn't like that I was an investment banker, so she, was, <laughs> she never gave me credit Yeah, for so that. then, well, that's true, because I think then, so we lived in Manhattan when you were right. in banking, and also when I say you built the house, like, you, dad did this, like, graduated from school, went to med school to become... Right, he, he like, got his doctorate in clinical psychology. I was making money for the first five years of our lives and then continued yeah. and, and was making some really, really significant And you were income. supporting the children. Yes. And I think it was like, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but there was a decision made. But at that time, when you decided to leave, you were still making more than dad, correct? Yes. Way more. 
Yes. But it was also, I could not be doing my job the way I wanted to do it and still be a mom. Yeah. And I had nannies, but it wasn't satisfying for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It was, it, it, it really provoked a tremendous amount of anxiety. Did you Um, feel guilt? With my children? Or on both sides? I didn't feel guilt. No, I I didn't feel guilt. I felt, um, I felt that I, I wasn't angry. Um, I felt vulnerable that I wasn't, I wasn't achieving the success in both areas that I wanted. Well, that's what I mean by guilt of like, you felt like you weren't succeeding in the workplace like you wanted to, but you also on the same other side of the coin wanted to be a great mom you weren't spending the time with your children because you're a working mom quote unquote is not always but oftentimes you're able to still spend time with your kids and your hours were so insane that you would come home very late at night not see us yeah I mean at the and also it was a time where you couldn't work from home you couldn't have a Friday off you couldn't Mm -hmm. work three days a week it was it was a time when you either had to go big or go home um, and yeah. so I, I made the choice to, to go home, literally go home. And we moved to Princeton and I threw myself into your lives, your mm-hmm. sports, um, the schools where you were. Yeah. And you had a daughter um, at five and, or six and three. I, I was three. Yeah. You were three. And Maddie So was Maddie six. was starting, um, she had, uh, went to kindergarten at Spence in New York and then you were mm-hmm. in preschool and then she was starting first grade at Johnson Park in Princeton and you were yeah. in, um, a pre- uh, preschool. Yeah. So that's the other thing. I think when you came to Princeton, I mean, that's I the we found recently home video of you giving a tour to like Nana recording the house uh-huh. when we first moved there. And I've never seen you so scared looking in my life because you're just like, this is the kitchen. This is the backyard. <laughs> like, I think it was just such, such a shock. It was such a shock. Because I, I can't was... imagine quitting a job after that long I... and then being like, oh, here, go to a town you know no one. You guys knew, I don't even know why we chose Princeton, but. Because it was in between Philadelphia where our families were and New York. Okay. So go to this town you know no one. Move out of a two-bedroom apartment into a large old house with a massive yard. Like, there was so much space. I think you probably – I, I know so you scared. had anxiety about, like, so quote-unquote You weren't in the same room as me. I couldn't yeah. figure out what to do. But, I mean, I You was, also put us on the opposite side of the house. I did? Yeah, Maddie and I were in Maddie's room. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. Well, it wasn't – we've since extended the house. So right. it wasn't like it was crazy right. far, but – but anyway, I, I really, God, thank God for Princeton. It was the greatest community. I met the greatest, greatest friends. Yeah. We had so much fun. I loved the schools that you all went to. I loved Bedensburg where we would go swimming every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was the ability to have the university, to, to meet all those university yeah. girls who were our babysitters. It was, it's and then like, you're like best friend, party friends. And now they're friends. best friend, party friends. I mean, they were They were best friends. friend, party friends. It was well, the that's weirdest weird. thing in the world. My mom. Do we have to go into that? Kind of. All right. We found it started with one. We didn't find. Okay, they were the soccer and lacrosse players, and I was like an ultra fan of the Princeton soccer and lacrosse team. We used to go to every game, and you were friends with the coaches right. just through right. like supporting this the programs. Right. And you, I guess, at one point asked for a babysitter because we, myself, and my two sisters, and I'm the middle of the three, had practices every day in different places and so you needed someone to help either take me somewhere take maddie somewhere stay with lucy 
So we ended up getting these soccer players. And then, like, when they would graduate, we'd get a new person on the team and then lacrosse, whatever. But then it turned into these, like, group of young college people. And I never thought it was that weird because I was young and I didn't realize how abnormal this was. They would throw parties. I'm going to need a defense here. They would throw parties at our house, but, like, not secretly, like, oh, I have an open house. Like, let me text some friends while the kids are asleep. Like, you were there throwing the parties. Like, I think you actually had one cater. I actually had one cater. And I remember thinking it was so cool because I was with all these older girls who were like athletes I mean they were literally Olympic stars in my eyes like Lauren Simone yes. when I used to go to her games like she well, she was well she was I know but like she really was my end-all be-all hero right. and she I remember then I got to college and I remember thinking what the fuck was going on when I was a kid that is so weird okay first of and all, that's when I called you and was like could you imagine if I told you mom right now as a Lafayette sophomore I'm going to some townie's house and for a having drink. a party with them I don't know how to explain it I think I was so um first of all you know how much I love a sport so to go to yes. an athletic event and to watch people play who I care about is to me one of the highlights of my life. I know. And as you know, I'm a vocal cheerleader. Uh, I, yes. I'm not sitting on the sidelines. So when we went to these games and we started to know these girls, and, and remember, I got, I'm got i friends with their parents. We've been I, to their weddings. Judd, thought- it's called the program. Judd hired them. At Amex. <laughs> then they would go to Citibank. People would be like, who's your sister? And I was like, no one. We're just super fans. But when I look back on it, I've never um, – I exposed you guys to really strong I women. totally agree. And I viewed it as a partnership. I think the, the, the diversity in their backgrounds, their opinions, their um, – Sexuality. Personalities. Their sexuality yeah. was incredible. And I think that you guys have really um, – benefited hugely from I that. felt like I had a hundred older sisters right. and it right. wasn't just like oh sure I know that girl I mean I've been to many of their weddings right I still keep in touch with many of them I they totally were at your wedding they were at my wedding they will be at Maddie's wedding. but I also think that that shows going back to what we talked about in the beginning you giving yourself to these people sure obviously you needed a babysitter so you were hiring people to help you but you gave so much more to these individuals to the point where I know if any of them called you and were like I need something you do it I'd be there at the drop of a dime I'm very loyal well yeah I'm you really, gave me that really really loyal and one of the things I look at you mm-hmm. I mean not only were you the grittiest determined board short wearing kid <laughs> You had that really tough side of you. Mm -hmm. Um, No holds bar. You'll go after anything. But I don't think I know anybody who's a better friend than you. Wow. Thank you so much. And I think there's that. um, And I think duality is really, really, um, what's the right word? Uh, It's exciting. I think Mm -hmm. when you you sort of mentioned it before, you said when people see you as one person, then they find out something else. I love that conflict. I think it brings some excitement to someone's persona. Do you view your life kind of in two separate personalities? Because I know I do now. Um, no, I, that was a long time ago. No, I don't. I don't because I think. But looking uh, back think, at that person, was no, it a different person? Because I think a lot of those traits that I had then that made me successful, I use now. I.e., getting things done, getting well, yes, transactions I done. Agree. Um, I think those things have helped me be successful in my current life. I agree. I agree with that statement. And because we were talking about 
your favorite things about me. Um, I do think that we are the most similar. Well, every each of the daughters has different traits yes. of yours. Yes. I think we've all taken on, like, Maddie is becoming more and more like you yep. than I've ever seen in yep. my life with certain yep. characteristics. Yep. <laughs> I am definitely like you. Like, there's no question. And then Lucy has sides of you that are very similar. Absolutely. And so I think that's so interesting to instill different parts of yourself within your three daughters. And your wonderful youngest daughter sent in a few questions. So she said, Lucy wants to know what has been your favorite experience as a mom? Okay, so I'll take off the table watching you in sports because yeah. I've already said that. And I, and I don't mean just watch. you. Um, yes. You were pretty top up there to watch. Other than Joe's Ribbon Dance, I was your favorite. Um, Joe's Ribbon <laughs> Oh, my God. I could spend a podcast on Joe's Ribbon Dance. We don't have to do oh, that. Oh, God. He's the closest thing to an Olympic. I mean, that was an Olympic performance. Okay. Yes. Sure. Um, shout out, Joe. Um, okay. What is my favorite thing about being a mom? Yeah. Watching my children gain their own voice. Mm. Um, it's really, really cool when you hear one of your children, and, and it can be a daughter or a son, make a statement with conviction, um, yeah. have an opinion. Um, I just think that's really cool. Uh, it's, and, mm -hmm. and, and I do hope, um, I do hope that your father and I have encouraged different opinions to take place around the table when yeah, we do you have conversations. Have. I think you have. Also because you guys have separate opinions on certain things. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're always the same. Mm -hmm. And I think that we were raised in a house where you guys were definitely hard on us when it came to making sure we were excelling in things. Yep. But mostly in the sense of it wasn't like you have to win every single game, but it was you better walk off that field having left it all out there. And I feel like that in everything in life because – and I, I'm not. I'm just using that. As yeah, a but I think that's a really good example. And and yeah, I think we set really high standards, but I don't. I, but I think that we also lived up to those high standards ourselves. A hundred percent. And you were walking the um, walk. And I think that I don't. I hope you weren't ever afraid of failing and not meeting those high standards mm -hmm. because I don't think there were any bad repercussions, although Maddie no. will say the day she quit lacrosse was the day I stopped loving her, which is not true at all. Well, Mom, she says that, like, <laughs> jokingly. I don't think she actually thinks that. I know. But, no, I think, I mean, there were plenty of times I failed, and you guys yeah. were still welcoming me with open arms yeah. similarly to had I won. But I think that you instilled a very hard work ethic in all of us and the sense of if you want something, you have to go get it. Yeah, I don't – I spent um, – some time in my young childhood, probably thinking that I got things that I didn't deserve mm -hmm. because um, people liked me. Yeah. Um, and I think I, I worked really hard. I was in therapy for a long time. I worked really hard about claiming my own success. Mm -hmm. um, and well, that's I, something we've talked yeah. about. Mm -hmm. It's really important, especially as a female, to you know, if you put the work in and you succeed, then it's not luck. It's not luck at all. Yeah. It's it's your hard work that has given you these opportunities. Um, and there also are some things that are just, you're going to have a little bit of luck included. And there's no need to, like, I talked a long time with this about, or with someone about this, because, you know, I've had guilt over right. coming from wealth and right. privilege and 
just feeling weird feelings towards money because mm-hmm. I feel guilty that I grew up with it. But I think that that's one example. But there's always going to be – or not always. There can be a small piece of luck that helps you gain that next level of success. And mm-hmm. why not open that with welcome arms of being like, wow, how fucking amazing is it that this happened to me and now I get to do this there is instead so, of feeling shame? I totally agree. I totally agree. There are things that just go your way. Yeah. There are things that just happen that open a door or open an opportunity. There's also what you – you know, in certain circumstances, when you walk into a room, is your confidence? If you're, if if the room welcomes that confidence, is that mm-hmm. luck, or is that just who you are? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I absolutely agree with you that luck takes place. But I really would encourage all young women to try hard for things and go after things. Mm-hmm. And if you are fortunate enough to succeed. Give yourself that acknowledgement and yeah. give yourself that you did it. You kicked ass. Mm-hmm. And when you, and obviously we all learn from our failures. We all learn yeah, from that. Yeah, 100%. And I also, like what we were saying about luck, is there's actually a podcast, How I Built This, which I think you've mm-hmm. listened to. I don't know whether I've listened to it. Okay, it's NPR. Yeah. I feel like I played it an episode for you, but it's about people who started companies like oh, right. Zappos, Bumble, right. Uber, Airbnb, whatever. I don't know if Uber's on there. But at the end, he says how much of your success do you think is due to hard work and how much you think is due to luck. Right. And it's a question that people don't ask a lot of people, but there's usually always some factor of luck. Like you happen to be in the right room and someone was there, you pitched your idea and that's who picked it up. You know? I got got a few questions about you inspiring your children and I know we talked about that a little bit, but someone asked who's also in this space, and I Mm -hmm. guess people ask her mom this a lot, but how does it feel for your daughter to be so incredibly open on an online platform? Oh, okay. So um, aside from, like, being a little worried that somebody could find you, but I think you take care of that, um, it does not bother me to um, have you be so open Mm -hmm. because I know you have a really strong backbone, and I know that you're sort of – I, I think you're a sensitive person, but I don't think you're sensitive to um, the degree that um, negative comments would really crush you. Mm-hmm. I think if, if that were the case, I would be quite concerned. Yeah. Um, I think my other concern is that it becomes very um, me-directed. Yeah. And I, I think you're very good at being honest and raw, so I think you're really providing... Um, uh, something for the audience mm-hmm. that is there and they want it and they need it and they and they like it thank you um so and i'm i'm 100 percent behind you because i know that whenever you put your mind to something mm-hmm. you tackle it and you do a great job and your success has already you know you have had success mm-hmm. and you will continue to have success in this in this space until you don't want to be in this space anymore mm-hmm. um but I'm, it doesn't bother me to have you share your feelings. I, I That doesn't bother me at all. Because I also think you're like me where you would tell anyone anything yeah. about yourself. Yeah. I'm not. Like I, we have no boundaries in our house. I don't have very many boundaries. That's yeah. true. None. I do say a lot. You have no boundaries. At all. Um, <laughs> and then how did you feel? This is another question. But how did you feel when I transitioned out of my job? When I sat you down? I'm trying to remember if I called. Yeah. I mean. I'm trying to remember when I told you that. Obviously it. it brought up a lot of my own that was very clear at the time mm-hmm. um and I was just afraid that you would regret it well let's go back to um, your feelings being of the feelings you felt leaving your job because we were both in the finance I felt world. like I had failed 
and that really hurt me. When you quit or yeah, when I quit? When, when I quit. Okay. And I didn't want you to feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought it might, I, I understood that you did not like the environment you were in, even though you love the people dearly, that that wasn't satisfying yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have, I counseled you, as you recall, to look at different areas within J.P. Morgan Definitely. because I thought as a young woman who had been getting a lot of positive feedback that you could find something that could give you um, a, a, a better sense of accomplishment every day mm-hmm. you went into work. But you chose not to do that, and yeah. that's okay. Well, I went against a lot of people's advice. You went against a Everyone's lot of people's advice. advice actually. Um, but you have to be true to yourself, and you mm-hmm. have to honor what your passion is feeling and what you want to do. And you know what? I never even asked my mom or dad whether it was okay for me to quit. Yeah. Now I was married, but you, you, you know, you, you have a significant other yeah. that you had those discussions were with them, not with your parents. Yeah. Well, I discussed it with Joe. My conversation with you was more like I'm going right to quit. Right. It was just a conversation before it happened. Right. Knowing what's happened over the past year. Mm-hmm. Would you, in that moment, have said, still, look within J.P. Morgan? Like, do you... Well, that's really hard to say, because I don't know whether you would have been happy in whatever other thing would have been at J.P. Morgan. But I do feel that you are fulfilling Mm -hmm. a dream that you might not even know you had. Um, It's in a different realm. It's in a different realm. Um, you know, sitting here with a microphone, you always wanted to be a sports All I wanted to announcer. do is have a microphone and be on TV. I know. But it was for sports. I know. But who knows? You may now be there in some other form. Mm, um, doubtful, but maybe. But so looking back on it, I, what you've accomplished in this past year yeah, and a, a year, half, not year a half and a quarter, yet, but year and a quarter, has been pretty remarkable. Um, and I mean, Dad and I talk about it all the time. And we're really, really supportive of you and really proud of you. Thank you. You guys are extremely supportive of me. And I'm proud of all three of my daughters. Yes. I I'm insanely proud. Insanely mm-hmm. proud. So speaking of dad, you mentioned you guys started dating when you were 15. Dad mm-hmm. was what, 16? 16. You beat Joe and I by one year. Yeah. Um, but a visual of long hair and puka shells and wedding shirt. Oh, wedding shirt. Yeah, what it's a white shirt that? that was like sort of a, you pulled it over your head and it had like about three buttons down and it was sort of smocked in some weird way. I have it was very no hot. idea what you're talking about. It was very hot. I don't know how that could be hot. Um, <laughs> anyway, you guys both went to Lafayette College. Mm-hmm. There was time spent apart. Yes. Then back together. Yes. Um, a lot of people, I would say this as a daughter of your guys' relationship, I think you feel extremely strong emotions towards each other Mm -hmm. and that could be love Mm -hmm. that could be annoyance Mm -hmm. that could be admiration you guys are very much you dad said in his wedding speech why are you pulling out notes (laughs) put those away dad said in his wedding speech to me that I feel emotions and I feel them hard and that's something I think I learned from the two of you and it's so interesting because I now feel this way with Joe being that we started dating at a similar age I can only imagine in 30, 40, how much? 46 years. Yeah. So in 30 plus years, how I would feel. But I think you guys remind me so much of siblings in a great way where 
obviously the love is not a sibling thing aspect, but you you like enjoy pushing each other's buttons in a way. Well, it's you hard. do. I mean, we've I'm known sorry, each other do. for forty six years, so yes. But I think one of the thing is. But we, we, let me finish. Go ahead. Because you guys instilled in us how to have relationships where there are no bars held, like. You sure you guys fought a lot when we were kids, and you still fight. Not in a way of like, I think a lot of parents fight in a way of like I'm storming off to my room and not talking. You guys laid it all out there, and we would get involved. <laughs> and like when I think back on the screaming fights of our house, like it's actually comical. But we grew up in a house where you said how you felt, and I really admire and appreciate that because I speak my feelings. I speak my I speak my truths, whether it's a positive feeling or a negative feeling. I say how I feel. And I think Joe and I fight a similar way where we don't – if I'm annoyed with him, I'm not going to hold that in and then have it blow up in 10 days. I'm going to say, you're really bothering me. I need you to stop doing this. Or like – you know, but you also love each other more than any yeah. parent couple I, I I've mean, ever seen. I am absolutely head over heels in love with my husband. I agree. And that every you single too, morning okay, he wakes up. He tells me how much he loves me. The amount of, the amount of attention I get from oh, him, I know. In terms of his love for me, is sometimes overwhelming, quite frankly. But incredibly, yeah. incredibly, um, uh, God, it makes you feel damn good. Yeah. But and he does it to his daughters say, too. He tells us I all the time how much he loves us. There were, you know, I could go through millions of reasons why we, why we fight. Mm-hmm. You know, one is we're both freaking driven. Yeah. The other is we like to be right. Yeah, it's like get but out of my way. One of the things that I think we've shown you is, um, you know, as our, you know, we grew up, we, we've helped form each other and mm-hmm. shape each other. We didn't just walk into each other's lives at 35 and say, this is who I am and you can be that. And I, we, we really have sort of bantered back and forth for a long time. Yeah. But one of the things that I'm so grateful for is that our characters align. We both believe in trust. Mm-hmm. We, we both have not a jealous bone in our body. I know that sounds weird, but we do not I suffer agree. from jealousy. We have incredible trust. Mm-hmm. We are incredibly loyal. We set very high standards. We, we hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. But most important, we can forgive at the drop of a hat. Well, yes, and that, that is so true, and that's something that I cannot and it's something I struggle with when I'm fighting with either one of you yeah. because I don't just drop things. I know. But, but you guys are really – We're really good can. at it. I, I don't hold grudges at all. He doesn't hold grudges at all. We always look back. I mean, sorry. We look always forward. look forward, taking into account what happened and learning from it. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, we're not really fighting about anything that's truly no, that's, important. I, I fighting totally about agree. Like, it's like – Take the trash shit out. about like who <laughs> like you, you blocked my car in. Yeah, it's yeah. I agree. Silly shit. It's bickering. It's but I will bickering. say something. I don't know whether I I I I hope airing our language and our 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 raw footage of Cindy and Judd mm-hmm. wasn't too damaging to my three children. I think at the time, there were definitely points where as a kid, I was like, Jesus Christ, would you shut up? Why are you fighting like this? But we also would get involved. So it taught me to have a voice. Because I remember sitting there being like a freaking mediator sometimes, being like, (laughs) would you stop yelling about this? Because like, it was about the stupidest thing of like, what was for dinner? (laughs) 
But I also think that it taught us to have conversations because I love you to death, but it also taught us ways of maybe how we don't want to have Absolutely. certain aspects of our relationship. Absolutely. And another question we got was how has it been getting to know and welcoming three different, well, many men because yeah. we've had right. significant had, right. others, whatever, right. but the three that are in our lives currently, um, how has it been forming relationships with the significant others of your children? Because I can speak from my experience. Joe, sometimes I wonder if you love Joe more than me. <laughs> I don't think any – I've never – like, <laughs> truly, he is your son more than – well, now he's officially your son-in-law, whatever. But I feel like he has been around for so long. Right. You two just are on another level – of and I'm not saying him against the other men in our life I'm saying of all of the children like myself included you two vibe on a level that is just he feeds into your he thinks you're the funniest person that's walked this planet I think he's hysterical but he he, I've never seen him laugh so hard at someone else because usually people laugh at him I truly think he thinks that you are like the best character of a TV show I, I think he's probably right and I just find his humor really really funny um I will say something, and, and this doesn't answer your question, which I will go back to answer. Um, when you had your car accident, mm-hmm. um, it was, I was so scared because there was a nor'easter. I knew I couldn't get to you. <laughs> I didn't know how, where you were. Judd was traveling. Mm-hmm. And I had this unbelievable, overwhelming realization that somebody else cares for you if... Yeah if not as much, but more than me, and that's Joe. Mm-hmm. And that just, I, I'm telling you, it almost took me to my knees. Because I feel like I'm going to cry right well, now. What took me to my knees was that it, I was so sad that he had to feel pain. Yeah, me um, too. So let me start by saying I am so grateful to any young man who loves my daughters. Yeah, um, I am crying. <laughs> any any man that comes into the home, we, we certainly – usurp them in a big fashion oh my we god there's them in no everything. turning back there's no turning that back um once you like, get into our house but world. i feel that we do that with with friends as well but um i am so enjoying this time where we are right now where mm, me too with joe and carl and tyler bringing something different to each equation i'm yeah. so excited to see the life that maddie and carl are going to have in less than three weeks i think they're getting married yeah this will um, air after their wedding Oh, my God, that was such a great weekend. That's all I'm going to say, <laughs> <laughs> putting it out there in the universe. Um, and I love how um, the, the, the men in your lives can help make you three girls closer mm-hmm. um, and add something to each equation. Um, Tyler is just an unbelievable addition to the yeah. family. I'm loving every minute of that. Um, so, and it's, you know, when you first have children, and you're a young mother. Mm-hmm. Everything is about your kids. Everything's about your kids. You're doing everything where your kids are, if, yeah. especially if you're not a working uh, mom or working in the traditional sense. Um, but what's amazing is it's actually pretty easy because all your friends are doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So you're all going to the soccer practice. You're all going to the pool. Whether you're all going to um, Girl like Scouts. You're all you're going to a rec something. center. Yeah. You're, and so 
and then you're all going over to somebody's house for dinner and your social life is mm -hmm. four families with all their kids. And that's how my best friends were developed. I yeah. mean, that's the the Swords, the Kings, the O'Briens, mm -hmm. the Morrises. That that is the soul, the Godfreys, that is the soul yeah. of of um, of our our family. But now then there's this period where they grow up. And then there's this really weird period where they don't want your advice anymore and they just want you to listen. And that honestly has been the hardest thing in my life because I want to solve problems. Yeah. So to listen and not immediately solve, I am that will be a lifelong process for me, but I'm working on it. And there's also sorry, but there's a feeling of guilt. I actually was talking about this with someone. Like I you're I call you every day. And I love it. We talk every morning. I love it. Um and then we text throughout the day, but we talk on the phone every single day. And you're also one of the people that I go to a lot when something's wrong. And so then when we hang up the phone, I almost feel like I just unloaded all of these, like when I was going through very hard phases of my life right. and feeling like I was depressed and just severely anxious. And I knew when I would hang up, like I just unloaded so much on her. And I can't imagine as a mother hearing that, feeling so helpless, especially someone who loves to solve so much. And then me being like, but you can't do anything. Right. So I'm sorry. That is very hard. Um, you cannot imagine, you will someday, but you, it would be hard for someone who is not a mother to imagine the pain you feel, the absolute pain you feel when your child is in a struggle, mm -hmm. whether it's an emotional struggle, a physical struggle, a health struggle, um, a work struggle, you you physically, you physically feel that pain. I'm sh I've, I um, feel pangs when Joe is, yeah. like, I can only imagine something that actually came out right. of my body that I formed. Because in the first years, all we're trying to do is keep you alive. Yeah. I mean, literally, I think that was just said on Dax's podcast. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's literally, you're She's just... She's also obsessed with Dax as much oh as I am. Oh my God, I was obsessed with Dax way before you from what parenthood i watched parenthood oh, too i know but he's just so delicious I know. he's so um, delicious i love him um but anyway i think that you you know when you're now older and i'm now having experience with you guys as adults that's when it's really fun to have these other partners in the life because yeah. we can have so much fun and for for judd who's never had the male around the house yeah, it's really true. it's great for him uh, so yeah. we love it. We and love this stage. I love this stage. With dad about it recently of like, I view you guys more as friends and like, I don't know what the world word for it is, but like parallels in a sense. Yeah. Then I do now parental figures. Cause I talked with dad of saying like, there's less of a need for you to protect me now. Yep. There's more of a need for on my end for you to tell me your emotions in a way of like showing vulnerability versus like I'm I know everything because I, making me feel like don't worry I know everything I will always take care of you I'm always here yeah like, I have a hard time with vulnerability yeah I know you both do but like I know that now I know that I'm oh you guys will always be there it's more now being like this is what I'm going through can you relate how can you relate what do you think you know I mean look at right now I've I've given you everything I can give you Yeah. in terms of direction and being a role model. And it's your job now to form your own life with mm -hmm. Joe and your future family. And 
I think I'm getting better at being a sounding board. And yeah, it's really are. nice when I'm getting the positive stuff too, which you which you now are beginning to yes. share with me, which is really helpful because I understand you usually just go to your mother with when you're when yeah, you're but just now at, I call and at like the end of your rope, right? Um, I mean, I'm so incredibly grateful for the relationship that we've had our whole lives, but also. I don't think many, and I'll say this for myself and my sisters, whoopsies, I don't think many parent children are as close and loved by, supported by, tell everything to, as we may be. I mean, I think that's... Maybe we're biased. I mean, maybe we're biased. Um, I think we have a really good thing going. We have a great relationship. We have a good thing going. Do you have any... Not regrets, but is there anything you would have done differently as a parent? Well, we talked about arguing. Um, would have done different as a parent. Oh my there God. might not be anything. I don't. I don't know whether. Um, probably not exposed you to so much of the relationship with your father and I. Okay, that's um, fair. Probably. And and and. Um, you know, we had some hard times as a family. There yeah. were some really um, things that happened to our friends that brought some really deep, deep sadness to our family. Absolutely. Um, and I, I hope I protected you enough from that. I think you did more than protect us, but I would say that showed us we lost two of our father figures of two of our closest families in very public manners um, and tragedies. And I think that you showed us how to be there for others. Yes. And I will tell you, my compassion has... Now I'm crying I know, My <laughs> compassion has exponentially increased. And my um, incredible view of the strength of humans mm-hmm. has Especially been... Especially Unbelievable. My female friends are literally the strongest most optimistic, most fun-loving, um, despite tragedy. And what I have learned from them is invaluable, invaluable. I agree, but I think you, it's not as if, I mean, first of all, we were exposed to these things no matter what. True. You had no control over that. True. Not only were they our best friends, but public were, situations. Right. And I think that you and Dad together showed us how to support others, how to show up for people. Absolutely. How to put your money where your mouth is. Absolutely. Like, be there. Absolutely. Support them. Put your shit to the side. They're what matters. And you took on, in a way, I'm not saying, like, you have six children now. because Or nine. There are nine <laughs> of us. Like, well, you I helped. Think, like, I think I did what. Not what, in a way that my, you actually no, no, filled obviously. the role of their parents. Okay, but I no, mean, no. My, you, heart, the, my heart Your expanded. best friends are your sisters. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. These two, these families are your best female friends and you took on their, you welcomed their children with them as if they were your own. Yes, as they would for me. I 100% agree. As they would for me. I totally agree. So with that, what is your favorite characteristic about yourself? That I never give up. You don't, oh my God, you're like a jackhammer. I know, I'm like a jackhammer. It can That's be a, we really, call a mom at really home. annoying. It can be so But you annoying. know what? I think maybe I tied it to my to the other saying that my father would always say. He'd say, don't means can't try. And 
I didn't take that to be, oh, I'm going to go ski down a mountain. Wait, what? Don't. Oh, don't. Won't. No. Don't. Won't. Won't. No. Won't means don't. I don't can't means don't try. What yeah, the hell I is think, it? Um, Lou, Susan, help me. What the heck is it? Well, I'm not sure what Papa said, but are can't you saying means that won't like, try. like if you if you don't if you say you can't, can't do, do something, it, yeah, you it just means try. you're not trying. Yes, exactly. Okay. God. Right. It's all right. So, I learned my mishap of saying from I you. I know. Literally, I can't get a saying right. It's oh, really, I never can. You know what else is my biggest regret in life? What? I'm scared. No, this is my biggest regret. I don't know music. Okay. I don't, no, I don't know words to songs. Yeah, you I don't, don't know artists. Joe doesn't either. That's it's why like you guys love each other. It's the biggest void in my life. I and it's so really important to so many okay people around to me. to be the biggest void. <laughs> I think that's fine. Okay, I was exaggerating. You know and care about a lot of other things as well. Um, I think you do not ever give up and it's something that I've learned from you but it's also something we butt heads on because yeah. I'm like you don't know the meaning of no true there is no no in your no, world there's, there's no just no a life. I will make that a yes yeah I don't like no which has probably gotten you very far in life yeah but is annoying as fuck as a door mm-hmm. I get it um do you have any advice to mothers out there, and we do have to wrap up soon, but to mothers out there raising specifically daughters, because you can't really, I'm sure it's all the same for children, but raising a daughter is different as a mother. Well, my advice is show up, you know, be mm-hmm. there, get get on the ground, get dirty, play, um, you know, be concerned about their, their well-being and um, be a really good role model um, and welcome, welcome their friends into your home. There you is so nothing, close with my friends because there you is nothing them. that gives me as much pleasure as having a group of people in my home. And when you make that hub of their social life your home, you are on to the right thing. Well, yes, you were the mother that let us throw the parties while you were home. Yep. There was but there were some rules. There were rules. If you yes. came, you, you couldn't took, leave. Mom took your keys and you stayed for the night. In a bedroom, on a couch, or on the ground. And I stayed up. You stayed up, and then the you lost everyone's gone. keys, and notoriously, lost, yeah, like true. every time. <laughs> People would wake up and be like, where are my keys? And you're like, I don't remember where I put those. <laughs> but you have become so close with my friends that like when we're home, people are like, oh, I want to I come over. I want to see Cindy and Judd. Like, that, to me, was so amazing. Also, because I'm a homebody, so I'd much rather spend time partying in our own house than As at a bar or As somewhere else. But I appreciate that so much. And now, the only food-related thing we've talked about, what are the three ways to your heart through food? Um, Okay, so the first way to my heart through food is definitely creating a scene, creating a ambiance, creating a setting, creating a experience Mm -hmm. where I can gather a community of friends, family, potential donors Mm -hmm. to experience my party which is why we have such elaborate parties right <laughs> and I mean do you remember the spa parties I had with Judy where we the Oscar I mean parties. the Oscar parties yeah. where I would take each room and transform it into one of the films up for the best picture as a kid it was the coolest <laughs> thing ever because these women it was a woman only party mm-hmm. you would show up you had a red carpet mm-hmm. you would show up in literal gowns oh for sure and I remember being like this is what being an adult is like I've always wanted to read to have one of my own but yeah. then it's late on a Sunday night but now but I anyway, can but the food but the food is all part of it oh, and yeah, I love like everything from themed foods. Theme, I love everything from 
thinking in I my mind what the, the visual should room. be. Oh, the Brokeback Mountain room is hysterical <laughs> yeah. with the saddles. Um, I love thinking of, I sort of, it's my way of being creative, and I don't know that I'm very creative, so that's my way of being creative. You are, I think yes. for a while about what I want it to look like, how I want people to experience it, what do I want people to feel. The table and setting I, is always The table setting is important. The food's important. There's always way too much food. Always way, way, way too much food, which yeah. is where we butt heads because mm-hmm. I'm working on food waste. Um, so that's one. Um, the second is um, even though I should not eat cheese or meat because I have um, uh, psoriasis. One, I have psoriasis. Oh, sorry. And I two, I have genetic high blood pressure. Uh, but give me a pizza and beer, and I am, yes. you know, a Conti's crispy crust pepperoni pizza with a beer. I'm done. There's nothing better than Conti's. Nothing better. In Princeton, New Jersey, for nothing. those who don't know. Um, I would have said ice cream when I was young, your age, because I, Judd and I, every movie we went to, we took a pint of ice cream, too. I used to drink a, eat a half gallon of ice cream with one of his fraternity friends at, in college. Does that mean I'm going to stop loving ice cream? Yeah, I sort of stopped. I mean, I don't Okay, know. you say you stop, but every time I bring it out. I know, and beach. I was in the pistachio last night. The You were, the Van Lewins. Yeah, it was You're really like, good. I don't eat desserts. <laughs> I don't eat like, desserts. Do um, I like peanut butter? <laughs> <laughs> the only people that will get that are Lucy, Amy and And Lizzie. I guess the last would be French fries. I love French fries. I love French fries. And I don't even care where they're from. Honestly, I don't. Okay, I, I just, disagree there, I know. but fine. But, I, but you know, I don't attach much to food yeah. because I can't because I have a history of anorexia, mm-hmm. so I don't really attach. You don't give it the I don't give platform. It, no, I don't give mm-hmm. it the platform, and I think that's why the experience and the creating the experience to me is what, rather than what I'm actually putting in my mouth. That's fair because I think giving it the platform then can also lead to like Yeah, you got to put it, you know, whenever you have an addiction or something like that, I think my the best advice I can give anybody through years of therapy and working through it myself is to acknowledge that you have the issue mm-hmm. and to let it walk beside you, side by side, mm-hmm. maybe a step behind you. I say that maybe in don't an give episode it, coming up. Yeah, yeah, don't give it the, the, the ultimate um, satisfaction of walking side by side with you, but acknowledge it and say, hey, you're there, but don't you ever, ever think of crossing that line over to me. Yeah, um, like, and that has really helped me. I acknowledge visual, you. Yep. You're here, but you don't control yep. me. Yep, you don't control me. So that visual has been really, really helpful. And you've helped your daughters with that saying as well. Well, mom, thank you so much. This really means a lot to me. You did a really good job. I know you were very nervous. You felt like you didn't have a voice or things to say. You had so much to say. Oh, thank you. You don't give yourself enough credit. Thank you're you. You're the best mom ever. Thank you. I love I you so much. I can't tell you how exciting this is to Thanks. watch you do your thing. You're so calm and cool, and you've got great questions, and you make it really easy to sit in this spot. Wow. I love it. And I hope, I really hope that someday you get Dax as a guest. Me too, Mom. When I get Dax as a guest, you can be there to watch. We'll put it out there in the atmosphere. Oh, it's already out there. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there at Freckled Foodie.